Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our new episode, the final episodes before the New Year's. So this is one of them. After this we'll have another one, which will probably be the last one. So this episode we're going to talk about why I think that Dragon Ball Z is still a much better story than Dragon Ball Super. Well... In this one, we're trying to basically say uh, how Dragon Ball Z as an anime, as a story, stands supreme over Dragon Ball Super. This doesn't mean that Dragon Ball Super is bad. It just, it's my opinion, that I still think that after, you know, rewatching both of them for some time, I still believe that Dragon Ball Z is better. Now, why do I think that? Let's go and find out. The first things first, the story of the whole series is much more mature. As the story progresses from the first arc, that is the Raditz Saga, to the uh, Saiyans, Namek, androids, and everything, the story keeps progressing and getting much more mature. In fact, during this story, we get to see a lot of characters get a lot of string time. And basically, they just, you know, keep progressing better and better to the point that each of them has meaningful scenes and makes themselves known to the viewer and the reader of the manga, at least, that I have something to say that there's a reason why I'm a Z fighter. And that's a great thing, that they actually give every character the time they deserve. Whereas in Dragon Ball Super, that kind of time is allocated to characters like Vegeta and Goku while most of the characters are just pushed aside. And that's not a great thing. And to be honest, it just steals from everyone else. Whereas Dragon Ball Z gave enough time to characters like Ten Shinhan, Piccolo, and others to show off their powers, we never get to see that in Dragon Ball Super. In fact, all we get to see is how pathetic they are right now, compared to these two. So... That's one of the main things that changes in Dragon Ball Super. Now, what is the reason that I say that this story gets more mature and these characters get their time to be seen? One of the great things that they do is to not put Goku into the center of Dragon Ball Z. Of course, Goku still is the main character, and as far as we know, he was not supposed to remain as that. But he's not always there. In fact, you don't keep seeing him. Something, something almost always happens that he has to move away so that when he comes back, he's the one to finish the fight. And it is far more satisfying. Now, granted, it becomes kind of a cliche and it becomes more, well, you know, uh, repetitive after some time. But it still happens and it's still cool. Seeing Goku, for example, not being able to fight and forgetting to having his pills, that's a cool thing. Where he comes back and then, you know, he has to go and fight Cell and still he's not the one to finish Cell off. In fact, that's Gohan. And that goes on, that goes on to show that they actually, you know, care about these characters to show how powerful they can become, even more so than Goku. That's a great thing that they did. They actually, you know, did this every time, like Goku coming back from heaven to fight Majin Buu, where he's Super Saiyan free. Now, 
these are all cool and all, but when it comes to Dragon Ball Super, well, Goku is center stage. Having Goku center stage is not a terrible thing. No, it really isn't. But the way that Super handled Goku, that's why it becomes so annoying. Over the course of all of these arcs from Dragon Ball Z, one character in particular truly changed and gave us meaningful and beautiful arcs every now and then. And that was Vegeta. Vegeta was a character who came here to Earth and wanted to kill everyone, then went on to fight Frieza, then went on to fight androids on behalf of all of us, and, and figured out that he had a son, and because his son was hurt, actually killed by Cell, he went on to kill, he went on to fight Cell. His character progression and maturity is far more than what Goku has in anywhere. Basically, he's a beautiful character. The way he sacrifices himself, the way he fights, the way he keeps telling how much he loves his family. We see that in Battle of Gods, we see that in Tournament of Power. He keeps progressing as a hero, as a, basically, not even a Saiyan anymore, but just a human being inside. Even though he's a Saiyan, he's been influenced a lot by humans to the point that we can say that he's now more human than a crazy fire, you know, crazy fighting Saiyan. So, it's all amazing to see that kind of progression. Whereas with Goku... That progression is the other way around. Instead of actually seeing Goku turn into a much more serious fighter, we get to see him as a goofy guy. And boy, does that suck. What do I mean by that is that Goku is usually a very serious guy. Sure, he's goofy at times. In Dragon Ball Z, we get to see that. But at the end of Dragon Ball Z, the final chapters, we get to see him become very serious as well. He changes. He becomes a much more serious fighter. He doesn't goof off that much. And he's now... He, actually, he at least knows what the hell he's doing. One of the few examples that I can use for you is when basically he's trying to do the Potara with uh, Gohan and Vegeta. He's willing to go the extra mile to basically save the world. He's even willing to do a Fatara fusion with Hercule. And that's amazing. That just goes to show that Goku is not being is not joking here. He's actually trying to save his world and he's not thinking of oh I'm gonna fight a strong guy. He's not like that anymore. And that's what I love about him. He becomes a serious character. When I started watching Dragon Ball Super, granted I hadn't watched Dragon Ball for a couple of years because as a kid I watched Dragon Ball Z and when it ended I didn't have anything else to watch relating to Dragon Ball Z. I did have the movies now and then but that was it. I didn't even watch Battle of Gods or all everything else. I just saw you know trailers and screenshots here and there. So when I started watching Dragon Ball Super the first episode I was just baffled. I was like why is Goku so dumb? That was my first reaction. From a guy who hadn't seen Dragon Ball in a long time, my first reaction was, why is he so freaking dumb? And it kept bothering me. Like, why, why is this like this? This is not as serious. Now, this is where it gets interesting. 
If Dragon Ball Z was a very serious story compared to Dragon Ball Super, there's a good reason. The reason is that basically Dragon Ball Z was much more mature with its art, with its story, and it went to places nobody would dare go. And that's a cool thing. Dragon Ball Super mainly basically did just fan service stuff. Bringing back Kaioken, bringing back so many moments back from the uh, original Dragon Ball Z to say that, hey, we're paying homage to this. Bringing so many um, techniques and powers back from that era. So it's not original on its own in many ways. It's still getting cues from Dragon Ball Z, and that's what makes Dragon Ball Super weaker. If you keep going like that... <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneeze. <laughs> if you keep going like that, to the point that basically you're mimicking your predecessor, there's no way you can surpass that predecessor. And that's the main problem with Dragon, Ball's, Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super story characters don't feel as dark and as powerful, as great as Dragon Ball Z characters. Watching the whole Dragon Ball Z again, I just came to the realization that basically this thing just kept getting much more darker. It was weird. It was super weird to see how dark Dragon Ball Z was during the end. How far did it go to destroy main characters? And that's what I loved about Dragon Ball Z. It was not afraid of destroying any character and give them, the other ones, the spotlight. Gohan being one of them. His ultimate form, well that. That was the main thing that they did to give him some screen time to say that, hey, Gohan is not weak. But one of the biggest things that I think truly gives Dragon Ball Z the edge, and it goes on to show that Dragon Ball needs this guy, is Akira Toriyama. We would all love to say that, well, we're just happy seeing Dragon Ball Super, but honestly, that's not what we want. We just want Akira Toriyama being back. Do you want me to prove how effective this guy is? Go look at Dragon Ball Super movie Broly. Go look at Dragon Ball Battle of Gods. Go look at Dragon Ball Resurrection F. That's how you'll see how this guy is effective and is needed. Well, comparing these three movies to saying that, well, did Akira not make Goku a goof there as well? Well, looking at Battle of Gods, you don't see that at all. You see a Goku who's really invested in saving his planet and the people. Does anyone remember the scene where he goes, I will not let you destroy my world? That scene shows maturity. Whereas basically in Dragon Ball Super, it's just a way too long of a fight that basically he keeps getting thrown to Earth, he comes back, thrown to Earth, comes back. They throw a punch every episode, then the next punch in the next episode, and they stare down for a few episodes. That sucked. But in the movie, we saw how mature Goku was. He was the same one at the end of the Boo arc. And he didn't get to win. And that's, that's not bad. Seeing a character fail, especially when you're trying to introduce a much stronger character, is not a bad thing. I'm proud of them. 
But keep doing that and it becomes so repetitive that people will hate you for it. They will be like, oh, come on, just, just leave it be. Like, in Dragon Ball Z, they do win, but there has to be sacrifices. And that's cool. But in Dragon Ball Super, well, the hero doesn't win anymore. It's usually by cheating. <laughs> well, Resurrection F also was a very beautiful movie and very mature, very uh, dark at times. And, of course, we see Goku in a different light. We see him also, yes, he's a little bit, he's still a little bit goofy. But still, he has a serious side. Then we come to a movie called Dragon Ball Super Broly, where Akira Toriyama wrote the whole thing. And then you can actually see how he envisions Goku. A very serious guy who does goof off at times, but he's serious about everything, just like Vegeta. And that's why Dragon Ball Super Broly was this good. Dragon Ball Super Broly does not joke around. And I think Akira Toriyama just had his, basically, his uh, energy reignited to the point that he's like, okay, I don't want to write anything, but now I'm coming back. Even take a look at the manga, where Akira Toriyama is the writer and Toyotaro is the illustrator. And you can actually see that Goku here is not the same goofy Goku. He's a little different. And that's a good thing. Now, for those of you thinking if Goku is actually the problem in Dragon Ball Super, I'm not saying he's the problem, but I'm saying he's part of the problem. Problem being that he's way too goofy. He's way too lightheaded. And, you know, if you want to see what would be if Goku was serious and cool... Take a look at Zeno Goku from the Xenoverse. This dude is a Goku who doesn't joke, who has God Key with Super Saiyan 4. And if you ever play any of these games, Xenoverse games, or even just watch them on YouTube, the cutscenes, you would see how cool it would be to actually see a serious Goku. Not even goofing off. Because he's scary as hell. Want another one? Dragon Ball GT. I don't like GT that much. To be honest, I think the story is... Well, it had so much potential. It was actually something fresh compared to Dragon Ball Super. But, well, it was handled in a terrible way. The art at times was terrible. But the Goku in that, I loved it. I don't know why some people hate the dub version of Dragon Ball GT. But Sean Schimmel, as a very serious Goku in Super Saiyan 4 mode, is just fantastic. I mean, I actually get the creeps whenever I see Goku on screen in Super Saiyan 4 form. Because I know how powerful he is and how he wants to show it off. And that's cool. I see that and he's like, you know, I'm Goku. He's like Batman. He just puts his finger on the ice and he's like, I'm going to kill you. And he thinks that, yeah, I'm going to make you blind so I kill you. And he's like, bitch, get out of my way. <laughs> and then kills him. And wow. That's what the kind of Goku we all want. Part of the reason why Dragon Ball GT is still kind of beloved in some communities. Some people, you know, many people hate this series. Mainly because of the short amount of time, the very convoluted story, and not a clear objective. But at the same time, they actually created something that 
resonated to people because of Goku. Do you see that? Okay, even Goku, if he doesn't die, so that he's still center stage, at least he's a serious character. He doesn't goof off. He's a very serious character, especially when his grandeur is about to get hurt. And that was a cool scene. How can anyone... I, I don't know why people, you know, think that Goku should be goofy. He shouldn't be goofy at all. Seeing Goku protect his granddaughter to the point that he gets mad and then goes on to kick Ice's ass because of what he did, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see that when Goku gets serious about his family getting hurt, we see something like that in Dragon Ball Super. But it still didn't satisfy me. I don't think it satisfied anyone. At first, you'd be like, wow, that's actually cool. But when you rewatch it, you're still like, okay, but shouldn't he be much stronger because of his anger? I mean, shouldn't he just, you know, make himself much stronger to exact his revenge? And why is he playing around? That's the thing. Why do you play around, Goku? In Dragon Ball GT, he does not play around. He kills Ice right on the spot. In Dragon Ball Super, he just throws a few punches, gets Goku Black, and he just keeps staring at him until Goku Black catches his punch. The first punch he actually throws after staring at him. So why? Another problem with Dragon Ball Super could be perhaps they had no idea what they were doing. This is my biggest gripe with this. If Toriyama was there, obviously they had great ideas what to do, but Toriyama just gave them notes. And they had to make story of, of their own. But I think that if Toriyama actually was far, far more involved than he was, which I think he will be in the next series, then this story wouldn't have sucked. One of the reasons why I say that they had no idea what they were doing was that, take a look at the villains of the series. Someone like Juren. Juren was not a compelling villain. He's, he wasn't even a villain to speak of. It was just a guy who had no personality at all, but was way too OP for no goddamn reason than the plot demanded it. So what? What exactly is happening here? And that, that sucks. Seeing a guy like Juran and people thinking like, okay, okay, he should basically, I don't know, be like that so that, you know, he can, you know, uh, show how powerful he is so he has no personality. What the hell? Who says that you have to be so powerful that you and you don't have you shouldn't have any personality? We have many characters like that in Dragon Ball who had no who had so much power and yet they had some personality at least. Who says that they shouldn't? Jiren is one of the weakest villains of all Dragon Ball in terms of interest. Nobody likes him that much. Mainly because we don't get to know him that well. In the manga, we do get to know him a little bit, but that's pretty much it. It doesn't blossom into something cool to say that, Yay, Jiren is now a cool character. Yikes. Then we have characters like Hit, who aren't villains exactly. They're just rivals. And he's actually cool. I like him. But, again, we don't get to see a lot of him, which we should have because of his character and who he is. But the... Anime just thinks like, nah, screw it. People know him enough. Eh. Frieza doesn't count as super villain. He's Z villain, obviously. And Goku Black and Zamasu. 
probably the only villains that were actually done well and were interesting. Well, they were interesting to a fault. While I actually liked both of them very much, sometimes they didn't make any sense. But most of the time they were actually really cool. Really cool. Though I don't like the way the arc ended. It was like a cheat to just, you know, wipe everything. And I still don't understand how the hell did Zamasu upgrade after dying? How? <laughs> how did that? It doesn't make any sense, does it? No. Well, then, as you can see, there's also villain problems in this anime. Unfortunately, we have so many villain problems here as well. We have world problems. And now we come to the biggest one that is actually much more important than you guys think. Transformations in Dragon Ball Super don't feel earned at all. That's something that should be noted. You don't feel like this is the same thing. When Super Saiyan for the first time was introduced, the way it was done, the way we felt, it was fantastic. We are all like, oh crap, Frieza's gonna get hurt. Um, it actually felt earned because Goku was getting, you know, he was fighting Frieza for a long time now. And then we understand that Super Saiyan comes from a golden heart and basically anger. And that's how he does turn. Well, to be honest, he could have had better reasons to turn, but still. And that was earned. It really was. Maybe Trunks seeing him as a Super Saiyan wasn't earned at first, but then seeing the episode of Trunks where he sees Gohan die, that, that brought tears to many fans' eyes. Another transformation that truly brought tears, tears of joy at least, to people, was Gohan's Super Saiyan 2 form. That was an amazing one. The background music and everything. It was like, holy shit, he's gonna kill him. It was that good. Super Saiyan 3. Sure, we're not gonna say that you know Super Saiyan 3, we saw how he got there, but at least the transformation when it happened was so freaking cool. I still have no idea how Sean Shimon actually does that. Like, all of that voice. How does this guy do this? Whether it was in Fusion Reborn or the series itself, this dude is just crazy. I don't think even Nozawa can do that much screaming. So, you can see that the transformation felt earned and they were epic as hell. Like Vegeta coming and saying, I'm Super Vegeta. <laughs> to the point that even the games acknowledge that he's Super Vegeta, different than Super Saiyan. So, <laughs> that's actually cool, seeing them. But then, then you have Dragon Ball Super. The Super Saiyan God, I did not like this until I saw this in the movie. When I saw it in the Dragon Ball Super movie, the Broly movie, I loved it. It looked actually really cool, it has so much potential, and that was when I actually enjoyed watching it. Whereas in Battle of Gods, it's still not that bad, but it's not that exciting either. Then you come to the anime, it's like, eh, whatever. But in the movie, holy shit, after all these years, they actually put it to good use. In the manga, they even put it to good use, when you change between Super Saiyan God and Super Saiyan Blue. Simply because of, you know, holding your power. 
that, those are those things are cool. I want things like that to make me feel like this transformation is actually really cool. Super Saiyan Blue, on the other hand, was done far better in the anime because at least we get to see how you turn into Super Saiyan Blue and how it works. That was actually something really cool. I commend anime for that. And I said that, yes, that one was earned. That, was, that one was actually seriously earned. But there's something like Kaioken. How do you earn that? If you can do Kaioken with Super Saiyan Blue, you can obviously do it with the Super Saiyan, right? And while it felt really cool to see you know, Goku fight with Super Saiyan Blue and Kaioken, it still... It, I don't know, it just felt like a cheat way to continue the series and saying that, well, whenever we fall ill to an enemy, we use this. Yay! <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. Then we come to Trunks, Super Saiyan Rage. People say that he didn't earn it, but I think he actually did. He kept losing to these guys, and he kept being barraged by guys like Zamasu and Black, calling him idiot and the reason they're here. So his rage went into that, and well, fuck you. I actually loved that transformation. I think he actually earned it, and his performance was amazing. Screw anyone who didn't like it, I loved it. But then we come to the other ones that I don't think they earned it. Ultra Instinct, for one. Yeah, I brought in the big guns. Ultra Instinct did not feel earned at all. Why? Seriously, you're asking why? A spirit bomb destroying Goku does not give him a reason to be Ultra Instinct. We see him during the series trying to actually learn how to do Ultra Instinct. In, in the episode with Hit, he's actually training to do that. But how do you explain that a state of mind can be triggered because of a spirit bomb? Don't get me wrong, seeing Ultra Instinct every time was a blast. Even the Master Ultra Instinct transformation was like, holy shit, I love that. But still, it did not feel earned at all. Like, you could have spent a few more episodes talking about why Goku was doing that kind of training before he came around to fight him. You could have talked about it. And you could have said that basically when he got defeated by Spirit Bomb, his body just shut down, and... You know, his mind and body separately took control of his body, and that's why he went to Ultra Instinct. But this is never explained. Not even this Dragon Ball Super... What was that? Dragon Ball Heroes? Super Dragon Ball Heroes. It's never explained. But I think this is a pretty good explanation. That a guy who has trained his body and mind to work separately, because he wants to do that, because of what we said, then... When he does pass out to the point that basically he's unrevivable, he's basically just too damaged, that's when his body actually can take control, and that's why he goes into Ultra Instinct. The further damage he gets, the more control the body can have, to the point that he goes to Master Ultra Instinct. Then he can chalk this up to maybe Goku's idiocy, saying like, yeah, he, he doesn't even think that much. <coughs> Sorry, but we never get that kind of explanation ever, not even once. We're not even told why. I'm sure if they gave an explanation like that, instead of saying, Mugutanai, people would be like, oh yeah, now I get it. But they kept saying, Mugutta, Mugutta, so 
overall, I think Dragon Ball Super could have been much, much better. And I would chalk all of these problems to Akira Toriyama not being there. The biggest problem of all is Akira Toriyama not being there to actually see what the hell is happening. If he was there, his own story, something like Dragon Ball Super Broly that he did, would have been far better. And the series would have actually had meaningful shit to do. But he's not there. He just was there for the movie. And I actually hope that in the next revival of the series, he comes there. He actually... Um, he basically comes and, you know, saves these guys and just, you know, does the story for them because it doesn't look like, you know, it's going to be any better if he's not involved. This is his series. He understands his characters far better than anyone else. And it does make me worried, like, what is going to happen if one day he's not here? Is the series going to be doomed? Probably. So, thank you guys for joining us, and do tell me, uh, what do you guys think at the, about all of this? Do you think that actually Super is worse, or is it better? And, by the way, I'm not saying that it's 100% worse than all of it. I'm just saying that, you know, it can be much, much better, and it's just a downgrade all over. So, that's pretty much it. So, see you guys very soon, and we're going to have another episode coming up shortly, and it's going to be a good one. Thank you guys for joining.